Traffic Jam is on now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Traffic Jam's podcast. I am your humble correspondent, the one, the only, yes, indeedy, Dr. Dre. That's right. You can always catch me at drdre39.com or drdre39 Instagram or drdre39 on the Twitter. That's true. And I'm in Clubhouse at drdre39. We have a very special guest on today's program, ladies and gentlemen. We have the one, the only, the man himself, Mr. Styles P. What's up, Doc? How you feel, big bro? Man, I'm feeling great, man. I got to tell you, man, you've had a long, illustrious career. And I say that with a positive note. And I want to go back a little bit and find out, how did you guys, the locks, Jada Kiss, she get together and form the group, the locks? Well, we've been rapping since we were pretty much young kids. And then um, around high school, we just started making tapes and working pretty hard. And then afterwards, we stuck we stuck with it and kind of just kept working hard. And eventually, um, we met, made a demo. That demo, um, Mary J. Blige happens to be from Yonkers. And she was on tour. And then she happened to get that demo to Puff. And from right there, we was off to the races. You're watching The Traffic Jam. So the group The Locks is really from Yonkers, New York. Yes, sir. What high yep. school did you go to? I went to Charles E. Gordon. I went to Gordon High School. And um, all three of us did. Right. Now, with Charles E. Gordon High School, was rap music slash hip-hop big at that time? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was the thing to do in the cafeteria. It was the thing to do. Um, it was pretty much what we based our whole life upon, to be honest with you. That's how we, we got busy. Like, you know, we wake up in the morning, get to making music. You know, sometimes we cut class, make music, bang on the tables, all things of that nature. Pardon me, Doc, I had to pull up a little bit. So, um, no yeah, problem. that's where we kind of started. You know, that's where the start of everything being super professional and um, on time and on point was right then and that's there. So, that's so cool that you're driving during the Traffic Jam podcast. Because that's yeah. what we do. We definitely got the Traffic Jam going on. But here's the thing, Styles. So you're banging on tables in the lunchroom. Yep. What kind of classes did you guys take where you could cut class and actually start making music? Did any of you take music classes? Um, Sheik and um, Kiss both took a music class. We went to um, Westchester Community College for a couple semesters. Well, me, I did one semester. I think um, I think Kiss did one or two semesters the same with Sheik. But they both took um, yeah, both. They, I forgot what it was, but it's something. Remember when it was Rails? They was learning mm-hmm. how to cut ice. Oh, cut, cut, quarter inch tape. Yeah, man. Yeah, with yeah, the man. That, that's, yeah. So you you go back that far to old old analog tape. Yeah, definitely so. Definitely. So in that process of you guys getting together, starting to write, who decided to take over the lead role in the locks? Or was it always just a, a free-for-all or a freestyle session? And then if that molded into a song, who took the lead always? Uh, it's all, it, it kind of depends whose energy is there. That's every every man is pretty much equal in the group when it comes to working. So whoever has the idea first, whoever likes to beat the best or whoever, you know, some days it's me with the idea. Some days she could come in with the idea. Some days kiss. It really kind of 
just depends on what we're doing, how we're doing it, and um, you know. Were you guys all always the only members of the locks, or was it a larger group at that time? Because I remember no. growing up where there was like eight guys on the rap crew. Yeah, um, <laughs> and everybody no, the fought the mic time. The locks has always been um three people, but as far as D Block, that's more than us three. Before we were um before we were the locks, we were the bomb squad. It was more than um. It was three of us in a group, but it was more, you know, a bunch of our home homeboys who also rapped and just pretty much anybody in the school who came to the cafeteria or doing, you know, even the whole town, rather the whole town. If you rapped, you know, you was you was in Cypress like um, I knew DMX years before any of us made it on just from ciphering outside. So that was kind of pretty much the lifestyle if you was into that, you know. Was he always the same kind of DMX he is today? That old with the gravelly voice and get at me, dog. Definitely, thousand percent, thousand percent. Yo, what up, it's your boy Eric Spears? Right now, keep it locked. You watching Traffic Jam? It's gridlock. You ain't going nowhere. You got no choice. Tune in. Who is who? Are your great great influences while you guys were formulating the locks and starting to create these songs and starting to create the attitude which the group is known for. I would say definitely. Um, Rockham, KRS, Coogee Rap, Kane, Public, Drop Ball Quest, Jungle Brothers, De La Soul, Ultra Magnetic, Latifah, Light, that's Sonic, um, all you know, all those who came before me, EPMD, um, Redman, Run, um, I, I love the hip hop culture. You know what I mean? It's part of why part, part of why we in it. Why we do what we do with a passion. So. All those who came before me, pretty much, but the, the first few people I named had a super heavy influence on me. Right. So you mentioned Mary J. Blige from Yonkers. What, what what's your relationship with her? I always knew her since I was a child. We're cool, and she's the one who got out tape the puff. So always have love for Mary. Always have appreciation for her. Um, just seeing her as a as a young, from me being a kid and her being a few years older than me, seeing her ambition how hard she worked and what she did to make it, um, knowing her story personally, you know, being in a house personally, it was just pretty, you know, amazing to see. Now you aren't just friends. You guys also wrote some songs with Mary. Is that true? Yeah, we got a couple joints together. Mm -hmm. How did yeah, you, so after Puff got the tape from Mary and she heard you guys, yeah. what was his first reaction? I mean, were you guys immediately, let's sign the locks or? Was it, you still have to go through an audition process? He heard us, I mean, it was pretty it. We was we was very confident with what we were doing. Um, we, we, you know, we killed, the, we, we killed the meeting and that was pretty much it from that day on. Now, was that, was that meeting with Puff, was that everything that you kind of thought it could be going up and trying to actually try to get signed to a record label as Bad Boy was starting to emerge? Here oh, you guys man. come in. The unknown Before, guys from Yonkers, friends of Mary J. Blige. What made you stand out? I, mean, I think our style made us stand out. Um, our hunger made us stand out. And that wasn't our first time trying to get a deal. So it wasn't like I could say, I can't say it was or wasn't everything I expected. I had met other people prior to that. I had met other, you know, record labels. We had met other people in the record business. It just didn't pan out that way. But when you have a belief in yourself, you just kind of keep going and you know, kind of keep pushing it as, as further as you can. Tell us a little bit about those early days of Bad Boy. Um, 
Was that rough for you guys? Because you know you guys moved on and went to Rough Riders, but let's stick with Bad Boy for a minute. What was the first early days like in recording with Puff and Company? What was that like for you? It was it was very exciting because it's kind of like um, how could, I guess it would say like if a young at, at the time like if a young basketball player was on the Chicago Bulls. So you know, Bad Boy was pretty much like the bad um, Chicago Bulls of rap. We were you know Big was there. We were excited to meet him. He gave us so much um, love and and jewels and guidance and you know just advice. Um, it was pretty amazing. You know, it was pretty amazing to. To come, you know, we are from Yonkers. Besides Mary, you know, there's no rappers that ever made it from Yonkers. So to kind of make it from Yonkers and go, you know, to the Chicago Bulls of, of music was a pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty awesome thing to do. You know what I mean? So it was a very exciting time to say the least. So what were some of the biggest songs that you did on Bad Boy that you really, you guys, collectively thought this was it? This was, this was the thing that's moving us to the next place in, in the music industry? I didn't even think about so much about, to be honest with you, by the time we got there, I already felt we had made it. Like, you know what I mean? You have to, like people often ask that. I didn't really see just being able to make it and get on was pretty much, you know, kind of the, the point. So it wasn't like we was looking at it to get on and just make hits. We just wanted to get on and kind of make music and let our music be heard and let, let people hear us. So, to make it from the ghetto to Bad Boys was already a very, very, I'm from the south side of Yonkers, New York. That was a huge leap. So, right. you know, getting on, just making the music, it was just pretty much doing our job, doing what we do. It's like, that's what we do. That's our job. That's what we was there a do. Competitive, was there a competitive edge inside of Bad Boy as well as outside with different other rap groups that you guys wanted to be the big rap group of the moment? Um, it's a competitive edge in hip hop. Period. I mean, we're talking about the '90s here. This was the golden era. This is this is when you had you're hearing um, you know, you're hearing Biggie, Nas, Hov, Wu Tang. You know, everybody who's kind of rhyming is really rhyming at an elite level. So, even within the studio, every day we're com we're competitive within each other within the group. I love my brothers, but I'm not. I don't want you to. I'm not mad if you like one of them better, but I'm not getting on the song striving to be the least liked on the song. I want you to like me the most. If you don't, it's cool. But um, I think when you're an MC, you're competitive, period. That's, that's, that's part of your nature of being an MC. What drives that spirit? Where do you get the inspiration for what you've written and the songs that you've done? Because like I said, not only are you part of this group, you've also are a solo artist. So where's that inspiration, that competitive spirit come from? Pretty much life, like just 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 life, and um, knowing you got to work super hard to even make it, especially underground rap, especially with the path that um I've been given. It's kind of always just know to quadruple up on the work to get the fair shot. So once you understand that and you you kind of put that in your your will, you then react and move with that drive. And I just kind of like you know, guess being creative. That's what I do. I'm an MC, so at some point. It's just in me to be creative point my period. One of your biggest songs, Money, Power, Respect. Where'd that come from? That come from striving to what we want to get in, out of life. Making a song, you know, um, I guess projecting, projecting and manifesting the things we wanted out of life. Well, who, who came up with it? Where, 
who's the one who said this this guys let's go with this this is a good idea um that was a collective but with the hook itself i i made the hook and um we was working on the rhymes we were in the studio i made the hook but i felt me and kim was dancing back and forth with it going with it and she sounded better saying it and then we you know i had the theme and then we just came up with the kind of how to get it right together and do there it is from there. Was a lot of these collaborations because of Daddy's house and usually most of the artists recorded out of that place, which was Puss Recording Studio. Yeah, I think I think I think so because of that. And I just think when you build a rapport with somebody and you get cool, you just you know you start. That's how the music comes about. When you're interested in music, and someone else is interested in music, it's like two basketball players. If you play mm -hmm. basketball, they play basketball. It's a basketball and you're on a court. What's going to happen? A game. Same thing with music. You make music, they make music. You have a studio, you have a mic, you have a beat. Nothing else to do but make a song. Now, during these sessions, was there a lot of people getting lifted? Because I always hear notorious sessions, especially with Big and Company, and I've been on a couple where there's a lot of, lot of weed flow going on. Was that Def going on while you're doing the creative process? Definitely. A whole, 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 whole lot. Definitely. A lot of a lot of a lot of smoke in the air for sure. Does that help your creative process when that's going on? When I mean when you guys are working together like that? Yeah, yes, it does. For me it does, and I know for a lot of MCs it does. I don't I don't know, I don't think for all MCs and for everyone, but um I think I think definitely the cannabis helps with a good vibe and a good just energy and a, a good way to connect and it kind of puts you deeper into the music sometimes. I ask you that because eventually you guys leave Bad Boy. What happened? Um, difference of opinions, difference of of of, of characters. We were young, um, egotistical, prideful, rebellious. Um, You're giving us the nice social answers. I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> us and Puffy had differences at the time, and Big was no longer around. So Big was kind of always the guy if we didn't, you know, if something was wrong or we didn't like something, he had a good way of calming it down, you know, playing big brother, the guy who already did the, been in the game, always giving us advice how to handle things. When he wasn't there, you know, it was just a, it was just a whole different feeling. You're watching The Traffic Jam. So you go from Bad Boy to Rough Riders. Why choose Rough Riders? Rough Riders, they we already worked with them before we got anywhere else. They was our managers before they had a record label. So it was kind of a very simple, easy transition. It wasn't it wasn't actually a choose. It was like, all right, we just working with our management now. Mm -hmm. Did you feel after going to Rough Riders, you guys got artistic freedom to be able to create what you wanted to and how your image was going to be uh, dealt with? I mean, just did what we always did at Rough Riders. It wasn't even a... It was more like, okay, we at home and we're gonna do what we gonna we're gonna do what we do. We're gonna do what we did to get us here in the first place. Now we, you know, you gotta understand we went we never left studios. We still was working out of Rough Riders when we was working out of Daddy's house. So now mm -hmm. we just at Rough Riders all the time, at Powerhouse Studios and it's home. It's where what we do, it was where what we did, what we do anyway. So it kind of wasn't anything new feeling. It was more so like, okay, it's, it's time for us to just do what we want to do, how we want to do it. And that was pretty much 
just the feeling and the feeling of it. Well, you and Jada Kids have gone off to have uh, very successful solo careers. Are the locks preparing to come back together with a big relaunch? I know you put something out recently, but I mean something really, really big for everyone. Yeah. Is that is that in the is that in the work? We actually have a documentary coming pretty soon. We're just on the last final stages of that, and um, yeah, we have some music for the documentary. So, yes, we do. Who do you listen to today? Who who's on your top five list? Not because they're you know the best right there. Just who's who's like on your top five styles P list in your car when you hit the hit the button and you and you downloaded your digital music. Who's on your top five? Marvin Gaye, Curtis Mayfield. James Brown. Um, Interesting. Those are my immediate three, and then some is scattered from right there. Big Horse. And yeah. that's pretty, that's my that's my immediate go-to. So are you into today's um hip-hop artists and rap artists at all? Do you have any yeah. faves in that in that in that vein? Yeah, what do you call new? Like how many years is new? Last twenty, last twenty. Make it. I'm. I'm gonna keep a big, big. Okay, I, like, I, I like J Cole. I like Kendrick. I like Davies. I like Action Bronson. I like Joey Badass. Um, I like Currency. I, I like um, Don Q. I like Griselda. There's a lot of people I, I like actually. Cool, very cool. Where do you see um, female rap artists such as Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B's of the world? Um, make uh, not making a uh, Nicki Minaj and, and these other young female rappers coming up. What is your position with them? It's, I mean, in comparison to like when Little Kim, Foxy Brown, and Queen Latifah and Moni Love dominated the scene. What do you think I, about them? Well, for me personally, I don't. I don't. Um, when it comes to gender and MCing, I let other people, you know, do the picking. I was raised off Light and Latifah, like you said. So if you could rhyme, you could just rhyme because I've seen. And heard light bust a lot of dudes ass, Latifah too, Remy, Kim. So um, I, I look at it as an MC as an MC, whether you know, whether it's a male or female. So I'm, I'm glad the women are empowering, doing more, and I think um, they're doing great for the other ladies who's coming up behind them. And um, I just always look at it as if you could rhyme, you could rhyme. I don't, you could be a Martian for all I care. If you rhyme and you're an MC, works for me. Would you ever work with a female producer um, yeah. on any, any solo or, or locks projects? Definitely, thousand percent. Give me a female producer you'd like to work with, music producer. I don't know, but I will work with them. Yeah. <laughs> I work I'm with just throwing them. it out there for the women, man. Um, I, like, I'm not a picky guy. Like, I work with anyone. Like, I make music. Like, I'm not... Um, mm -hmm. From making music, I've 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 never planned most of these collabs I've done. It wasn't planned. It wasn't a big to do list. Just from making music, the energy kind of attaches you to people. The catalog grows. You connect with people, and then just end up making music. Like people often ask me that. I'm, I really just make music. I like where the music brings me. I like the where to see who, you know who who my next encounter is with, where we're gonna go from there. So I kind of just ride with the journey more so than be. Go, I want to make a song with such and such because I don't know that person as a person. Like, I'm, you know, once you're in the music business, it, it's more I rather like you as a person and know I could be in the studio with you than just be a fan of you and want to do a song with you. 
I would like, you know, probably to have met you and see if I, you know, if there's a good energy or not. Because sometimes you may be a fan of someone and you may meet them in person and you may not like them. You're watching The Traffic Jam. Hello everyone, let's talk about supplement. This is a big world. So you have to understand supplementation first, you want to eat proper food, plain food, to have the right amount of vitamin, nutrient. But also for somebody who trained a lot, you will need some supplementation to actually uh, help your body go through soreness, recuperation, etc., etc. For those topic, you can actually DM me or find me on my Instagram, shopanatali underscore You're now into a major entrepreneurial game, which I'm just head over heels with as far as being in health and wellness. I, I want to call you more, more of an aficionado a entrepreneur, you got your own health and wellness um, juice stores, I call them juice stores or smoothie stores, and you got a farm, a pseudical uh, company. Tell us a little about, first of all, how'd you get involved with health and wellness drinks? Just trying to change change my life up, you know, um, when, you, when you make it in hip hop and you start living in wealthier neighborhoods, you see the difference of, of, of what's going on. I'm sorry, my break is bugging. I don't know why. <laughs> it's the Traffic Jams podcast. Your break yeah, is supposed to bug. That's what we that's, do here. <laughs> do it Styles P and Dr. Drake as he's adjusting his brakes on, on Traffic Jams podcast. Because my door's not all the way closed. Yeah, what, what happened is, <laughs> I think just from being in hip-hop and seeing how we live in... um neighborhoods where we're not taking care of so good and you start making money and you see other neighborhoods it became kind of a personal mission and besides that just of um kind of being on being on my own journey from being at home um my wife trying to get me and my um, children to eat healthier and then from hanging out the juice bar drinking juices and trying to get healthier so it just kind of became part of my life where did you start hanging out? What juice bar did you start hanging out that made you want to get into the into um, the, into the um juice bar game? Because you know, fruits of um fruits fruits of life. It was 125th or 125th between Park and Madison. It's um actually my partner Nigel. He used to own that, and that was around like 15, 17 years ago. I just used to frequent there a lot, and doing that and eating healthy at home and making juices at home kind of just switch everything for me you know and what does that do what does that do for you because we talked about this before in a different interview about how it helped with uh many different things with your health with yeah. uh you can tell everybody about that yeah, i mean basically it helped you know i, I had cyanitis post nasal drip eczema i was um i'm 172 pounds right now at that time i was you know two two forty two two thirty something so it just helped me cut the weight, lose the post-nasal drip, lose the eczema, um, helped me out with my temper. So it just brought a, a whole a whole change about me. Well, that's important what you're saying about the temper, because we discussed before that, you know, you wanted to help kids and trying to change their lifestyles of what they actually ingest and keep their health and fitness going on. Tell us a little bit about pharmaceuticals. Pharmacy for Life is um, my wife and I's company. 
We're an online company. We sell black seed oil, oil of oregano, Irish Seymour, Seymour, some bladder rack, healing salt. Okay, okay, hold on, because we're flying through there. I want to know a little bit about each thing. You do flaxseed oil. What does that do for you? Flaxseed oil is just a great thing for your immune system. It's going to work for your brain function. And at a time when it's cold, all warm, and viruses are running around, you want to take great things for your immune system. You know, you want to. How do you, you take the flaxseed oil? It's black seed oil, like black, like black people. Oh, black seed oil. Because I've yeah. heard of flaxseed oil too, but go ahead. They have that too, but we have black seed oil. You just actually, you can take a spoonful of it. Some people um, incorporate it in their smoothies, but we also, for people who don't like to take the oil, we also do sell the um, veggie capsules. We also sell capsules too. So for everyone listening, you could go, um, you could go to Pharmacy for Life. That is F-A-R-M-A-C-Y-F-O-R-L-I-F-E.com. And you can also look at our resource center. And on our resource center, we tell people everything about our herbs and oils and the benefits of them. So even if you don't, you know, you don't plan on buying them today, you can at least take your time out, look them up and see what they can do for you. And just in general, um, for our people, period, whoever's tapped in, tuned in and listening right here on the traffic jam, just use your phone for information, how you look up everything else. Make sure you look up what these um fruits, veggies, and all this food you, food you put in your body, period. See what it does for you. You're watching The Traffic Jam. So tell everybody once again, um, Styles, where exactly they can get Pharmacy for Life. Very pharmacy important. Pharmacy for Life, you can get it at F-A-R-M-A-C-Y-F-O-R-L-I-F-E.com. That is PharmacyForLife.com. I repeat, F-A-R-M-A-C-Y-F-O-R-L-I-F-E, pharmacyforlife.com. Or you can stop by a Juices for Life, too. If you're in New York, come get a juice. We have um, four locations. That is two in the Bronx, one in Yonkers, one in Brooklyn. And um, besides that, if you do come through, make sure you take a picture of the menu. And also make sure you go to the Pharmacy for Light site and make sure you check out that resource center and... Um, get the information on what these wonderful, beautiful products do for you. Well, I got, like I said, I've been trying to get up there, meet up with you so I can sample some of the smoothie products. And I want to thank you so much for sending that great package. Thanks, so we're Dr. definitely on that mission of cleaning the gut, getting me right, getting me tight. And I want to thank you for not only being one of the great members of the group, The Locks, but also being now a health and wellness entrepreneur. And you're not only just doing it, for yourself, but you're also doing it to help others in the community. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Styles P from the locks. And don't Doc. forget, Pharmacy for Life. Please Thanks, check it out. All the time, this is Dr. Dre, your humble correspondent on the Traffic Jam podcast. Thank you. Love is love. All right, Doc. Love is love. This is the Traffic Jam.